Hi folks, this is Steve Atwell, uh, your host for the Omega Directive, the Star Trek podcast, uh, which you've tuned in for. I just wanted to say a word real quick about uh, this uh, most recent episode. Um, I apologize for the sound quality due to various extraneous circumstances. It was kind of a rush job and had to be done over the phone. And when I do recordings over the phone, the sound doesn't always come out quite as well as one should like. But, be that as it may, it is still a very fun and enjoyable episode with uh, our guest, Miss Tracy Lee Coco. And I do give a personal thanks and apology to my co-host, Kevin, a.k.a. Dr. Guy KS, uh, for not giving him a chance to plug all of his um, presence on the web. But we'll definitely get all that in uh, with the next one. So go ahead and listen to this and enjoy. And we'll talk to you all folks at some point in the not-too-distant future again. Thanks, and for now, just kick back and enjoy. Hi. Yay! Work! (laughs) Okay, Kevin, meet Tracy. Tracy, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Okay, this is going to be fun. I am currently at a relaxed one in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Oh. And there is an audience of one. An audience of one. (laughs) So this will be fun. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and start this. Um, And, Kevin, as I go through the interview uh, conversation, feel free to jump in yourself with any questions you have. And any anything you want to add? Okay. Okay. So how we start from sector zero zero one in the Alpha Quadrant. This is the Omega Directive, episode around eighteen. I don't remember the episode number. <laughs> Tracy Lee Coco. And then and then I add a. I will in editing. I will add a theme song. Okay, everyone. Hi, welcome again. I am still yet again your host, believe it or not. <laughs> Joining me again this week is my co-host, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi. <laughs> and our special guest this week is Miss Tracy Lee Coco. Hi. Tracy, Tracy Lee Coco, um, for those that don't know, and probably should because this is a Star Trek podcast, according to her bio, was born in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, at the age of two, her family packed up and moved out west, and she grew up in the sleepy little hamlet of Santa Ana, California. And after graduating high school, went into modeling, and then from there into acting, and has played numerous aliens and uh, background characters in all the Star Trek series from the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s as well as video games Star Trek Orb and Star Trek Klingon, as perhaps best known for her work as Lieutenant J, and there's a whole quote for Lieutenant J, one of the utility infielder for the Star, for the Enterprise, appearing in uh, several episodes from the fourth to seventh season of Next Generation and the first three Next Gen films. 
So, Tracy, my first question to you. Which was tougher, uh-huh. enduring all the alien makeup for Star Trek or having your legs in all waxed for Baywatch? <laughs> Probably all of the aliens. <laughs> I've done like 13. 13? That's amazing. Yeah, at least that's, that's I, there might be more, but right, I know I've done 13 on Deep Space Nine and Voyager, so... And uh, Memory Alpha says that you also did a personal appearance as a Ferengi at some, along with uh, Cameron, Joyce Robinson, and Michael Braveheart at a promotional tour for Deep Space Nine. Yes, that was, I believe that was, um, I think that was in Miami, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they had me do a bunch of those um, every now and then. They'd fly me here and there to do stuff in a Ferengi outfit, and I had to be in character. And that one, I think I was in Miami because um, I remember being on the street in Miami as a Ferengi <laughs> in my outfit. And um, I sat on a guy's Harley, and he was just loving it. Um, they, Like I said, yeah, I start. Do you want to know how it all started for me? I do. I'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how, how did you get into Wildlife That's where it started, um, right? Yeah, uh, modeling, well, I was working for a company called Cinesilo, um, and they were a company out of Finland that did motocross apparel, and I was the um, dealer rep for them for the whole Midwest Territory. And the day came where we had to do the catalog shoot, and the model didn't show up, so they threw me in there. <laughs> and um, so I was their model for the catalog, and then the photographer from there got me other jobs, like, a, you know, it's like a snowball effect. And he would call me and say, hey, I think you'd be good at this. So I did a lot of print work because I'm, I'm only 5'5", five five, so I did a lot of catalog work. And then one thing led to another, and I met somebody. I, I was out dancing, and a uh, from uh, Central Casting came up and said, um, have you thought about, you know, doing movies? Thing? And I'm like, well, no, but okay. Well, my first movie I was in was Gross Anatomy, and I played a medical student in the movie and um, had a uh, what they called way back in the day a silent bit part um, where they focused all on your face, but I just had to react to the smell of formaldehyde. Um, then one thing led to another after that, and I got on um, the Paramount lot um, for another 48 hours with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a bar scene, and I started doing um, my own stunt work. Um, I have a limit on stunts. I don't, like, fall off of buildings or anything. I, you know, I have my, my limit. Um, and then um, bear with the dogs that are barking in the background. They're not mine. Um, That's okay. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm listening to several, several Star Trek podcasts in recent years. I believe all the best ones have pet sounds in the background. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Well, they're screaming little chihuahuas. So, <laughs> anyway, so I uh, was on this set for another 48 hours, and I was in a bar team. Had to jump over a table in my mini skirt and pumps or whatever. And then um, somebody from uh, from Star Trek was happening. You know, was on the set watching, and my my look and said, "You need to go talk to so and so up here, in, you know, in the Paramount office. Um, I think they'd really like your look for Star Trek." Well, you know, I I watched the original Star Trek. Um, you know, but I'm not, I wasn't like totally like into it, but I watched it. So I had no idea what, what I was getting into. And I went for the audition and I got the job and I started out in the black and gold. Um, I, I, I got on as soon as, uh, kind of when Tasha Yar got off, then that, that's when I came on and I was in the black and gold and I didn't, 
realize at the time they said that that's the best color to be because they, they controlled two parts on the ship. So one thing led to another in that, and I started out as an ensign. And um, make a long story short, Jonathan Franks accidentally gave me my name, Lieutenant J, um, by accident. And um, I ran with it, and I spelled it J-A-E, and it took off. And then um, I was uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, 13 different aliens, because Michael Westmore, the head of makeup, God, he's like a god over there, um, he gave me the opportunity to do my first alien was an Antican, um, and I, I, I called it I call it like a wolf dog because to me it looks like a wolf dog, but it's, it's, it's called an antican. Um, he gave me the opportunity to do that where he normally would have, you know, guys do it. And I guess I did it well because, to make a long story short again, he gave me like 13 different aliens to do on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Then um, we were in um, the movies and in the movie Generations. I'm flying the ship and get blown out of my chair by the Klingon sisters, but I don't die, and I come back in the other two movies. Um, and then basically, I've been doing the um, convention circuit since 2012. Um, I was at London filming Comic-Con when the Olympics were over there. Um, that was my very first uh, convention, and the way I got that was weird. Um, a friend of mine uh, sent me a message on Facebook saying that there's an agent over in London that um, wants to get a hold of you and talk to you about doing some conventions over there in the UK. And I'm like, what? So I got a hold of him and he got me that one. And then um, I went from there to Germany for FedCon. And then after FedCon, I was in Australia for Supernova. And then um, now I do a lot of them around, you know, California, USA. Um, I just got back from the UK about a month ago from Preston Comic-Con, which was quite fun. And um, just got um, informed I'm going to be going back in February to Galaxy Fest in um, Colorado Springs. And then after that, in, I believe, April, around Easter, I'm going to go back to HavenCon in uh, Austin, Texas. And then after that, I'm going to OgdenCon in Utah in June. And hopefully I'll be back to the Star Trek one, the big one in Vegas. Um, I wasn't there last year, but I was there the year before. They don't normally like to have you come consecutive times. They like to give you like a break. So like I said, I'm, I'm just moving along trying to book some more cons. Um, I like doing the podcast. They're quite fun. And um, I love my fans. And if it wasn't for all you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. So um, I thank you guys again. And I thank you for having me on this show. So. Is this on? You guys. Okay. Huh? <clears throat> Kevin, uh, jump in, Kevin, anytime. Yeah, I'm, I'm just listening to it all right now. I, I've got a few questions here and there. Um, mostly, I I I, I uh, went and did some research on you, and uh-huh. I saw that you were in Star Trek Borg. I uh-huh. actually played that game uh, more than I realized because I went and tried to rewatch it to see where you were. It turns out you were in the first five seconds of the of of the game, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, my question to you though is actually centered around the game and the uh, video game. It's uh, video games itself. Um, what was it like working with Star- in Star Trek Borg, and how was it similar or different from a TV show? Um, the games are different; they're filmed differently. Um, mm-hmm. But 
um, being a Borg is awesome. I, I, that was one of my favorite ones to do. I, I, I also did the drone, uh, the, the, the Borg in one of the uh, episodes in Star Trek where I'm sitting on a cave floor and they used me as like an experiment. I think it was mm-hmm. the drone Borg. Yeah. I did that one in the regular Borg. I love doing that. Um, the Antikin was quite fun. Um, a lot of the aliens were pretty cool. I mean, I don't, I, I love doing them. The Ferengis, you know, they're okay. <laughs> They call them yeah. buttnecks because basically it's just they put a helmet on your head and then they, they do the latex and, and blend it all in and then paint you orange and your fingernails blue, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I love you in the board, yeah. Um, I was in another one, too, um, as a bar back, um, and but I, I don't know what – I think it was a Cobarian um, alien I was in the bar with Cork. That, that was in a magazine because um, I, I just found that in my stuff I was going through the other day. Um, yeah, um, the boards are, I mean, you know, they're pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's all available at, uh, Memory Alpha on, uh, online. Uh-huh. Yeah. Got the tab on there that I just finished. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I just finished wrapping a, um, I got a part in a horror movie. <laughs> oh, nice. And, yeah. It's called Night Mistress, and it'll be coming out next summer. And they're coming out with a video game of it first. So I'll keep you all, all informed about that. Yeah, it should be quite fun. And then, obviously, we'll be doing the promo tour for it and all um, as soon as it comes out. And I think um, they asked me to go to the um, Bakersfield Comic Con next weekend. Um, we're trying to work the schedule out first to see if that will even happen. But um, So now I get to start promoting that, and that was fun. I play a, a bodyguard for the underworld. Um, and I um, make a long story short again. Um, I don't, um, I'm telling you a secret, I don't die, so they were talking uh-huh. about people, so I'd come back in the right. second movie. So we'll see, you know, yeah. I, I don't get excited until it all, you know, happens, obviously, but um, that was quite fun doing that. I, I, I kind of miss being on the set, so that was kind of fun for me. Okay, I've got a question here from the audience live. Oh! Yeah. Um, you've been cast as a Ferengi, and it's Star Trek canon that Ferengi females are kept naked. So I was wondering, uh-huh. <laughs> they, whether they, did they cross-cast you as a male Ferengi, or did they just sort of hand-wave the whole issue for you? Um, you know what? That I'm not quite sure. All I know is they put me in as I, – I always said I was in drag. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. They're norm, normally naked. Um, I, I don't think that really was an issue. They just wanted me to be that part for that, that day. And um, put me in the in the outfit. Yeah. Okay, Kevin. What else do you have? Well, um, sort of relating to the video game itself. I I'm not sure if you remember this part, but uh, a lot of the game was shirt, uh, not shirt, shot first person. Uh, my question to you was: Did they have a guy walking around with like a camera on his head, or was it sort of over the shoulder with the camera angles? I believe it was over the shoulder with the camera angle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think you mentioned that Lieutenant J was uh, a recurring uh, recurring character. Did you give any say in – have you had any say in what she does and doesn't do, uh, you personally? Because the reason I ask this is – Leonard Nimoy helped develop the Vulcan culture, so I didn't know if you had any say in what your character was capable of doing or not. Um, no, I, I I didn't, but, you know, they'd tell okay. me to act a certain way, and then I'd just do it, and they obviously liked it. But 
I forgot to also tell you, but you guys probably already know, but a fan point mm-hmm. is me. Um, I, I'm the only one to wear every color. I've been every color. Um, oh, nice. I, I, yeah, I even went on an away team in red mm-hmm. and came back. Came back. I even was wearing red, obviously, in the movie, flying the ship. Got blown out of my chair, but I didn't die. Um, mm-hmm. What else? What else? Oh, they said I was in over 100 episodes, more than more than uh, William Shatner, which I was like, what? Yeah, but that, then, you know, their show didn't go, I don't think, as long as ours. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like little tidbits like that I've been finding out, like, oh, wow, I never really realized that. <laughs> and then I, I was also the board queen stunt double. So, oh, nice. But, yeah, they had me up on a um, – Oh God! Way up in the ceiling when she, you know, when she comes down, half of her body, mm-hmm. you know, comes down and then connects to the lower part of her body. Um, yeah. They had they had me doing that, and then, you know, being being a, a double for an actor, you have to watch obviously what they do, how they walk, where they end up, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so a lot of them. Uh, oh, and then in the Little Rascals, oh my God, the one episode there, I played three parts. I was the Ferengi, um, and I was me on the bridge. And then I was Patrick Stewart's hands as the little boy doing his little computer. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, they call me in to do weird stuff like that because sometimes the main actors don't have time to do it or would rather have somebody mm-hmm. else do that or whatever. Yeah, so that was quite fun. And yeah. you know I was on AWOC when it first started, right? Yeah, I was reading that. So um, was it more uh, exciting to work with David Hasselhoff or Patrick Stewart? Oh, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, way back in the day when I got on Baywatch, um, I found out David Hasselhoff didn't know how to swim. So his his stunt double, who looked, I'm not kidding, just like him, did all of that for him. But he probably knows how to swim now, but at the time he didn't. But when I got on Baywatch, it was very cool. And um, I was a you know pretty well-seen lifeguard with uh, Eddie, the other guy with the short hair. I was kind of like his little sister. And um, then they'd also have me, like, uh, surf. It's like when you when you work in the movie business, the more stuff that you know how to do is cool because they'll give you, like, extra, you know, extra for it. Like, in fat, when you know, we're in the screen actors guild, so when you work in smoke, you get, like, a smoke bump because you're working in smoke. If they don't pay, if they don't feed you on time, you get a uh, food bump. Um, and then I was in the movie The Fan with Robert De Niro, Oh, this was like a long time ago. And um, we filmed at the stadium over in Anaheim. And at the time, it was already raining. Well, the director liked rain. So he had a rain machine on top of the rain. And that was the, I mean, that was, I liked doing the movie, but oh my God, it was crazy with all the rain. Um, And then I I don't know if you guys know, I was in Demolition Man as a cop. And then one thing led to another. And then uh, Paramount had me do the board. I was in board makeup at a convention in Anaheim again for their uh, pinball game. And I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's this guy from William Bali Midway, and they make all of the um, pinball games, and they're based in Chicago. And he liked my, he heard my, he heard me speak, so he was like, Would you like to be coming up with a um, Demolition Man pinball game game? Would you like to be the game, the computer voice in the game? And I'm like, Wow, okay. Well, I didn't really realize going to happen well it happened so if you guys play the pinball game demolition man that's my voice talking to you nice yeah so it's like weird stuff like that's happened to me it's been great i mean i love it and i like i said i I just i love doing these conventions i i didn't know i had so many 
people that, you know, know my character and like me and I like, you know, I give, I give fans a different experience than other stars do that just don't want to, like, interact with them. I like interacting mm-hmm. with them. Um, like, I'll come out and give you guys a, a, you know, like, if you want a photo with me, I'll come out behind the table and, you know, I'm a hugger. I'm, I'm Italian, so... That's nice. right. I, I, I like to give the fans a different experience. So, and I do. I always try to do. I always try to do when I come to these is um, karaoke, and I do my rock lobster. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's okay. Fun. Can we hear a piece of that, please? Rock lobster. Just a little bit. We were at the beach. Everybody had matching towels. Somebody went under a dock, and there they saw a rock. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. <laughs> Are you laughing yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so uh, let's go way, way back um, to uh, uh, childhood. Um, what kind of kid were you, like? I mean, what kind of hobbies and interests, and were you, in fact, a nerd? Um, I, You know what? I wasn't really a nerd, but um, I was more into, like, the sports stuff, Um. I, I used to surf a lot. I was on a surf team, um, played tennis a lot. I, that's what I was really going for is to, you know, be in, at Wimbledon. But then I got on Baywatch. <laughs> so, yeah. But I was more of a sporto kind of person. Um, I did like, I did like my, I took wood shop um, and I took ceramics. Um, but I basically loved my sports. I was, I got all around athlete um when I was younger, I, I, I did a lot of sports. Okay, wow. another question from the audience. You said surf team. Surf team uh-huh. was a thing? Surf team was a what? Are surf teams a thing? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they were back then. I don't know about now, but they were back then. Yeah, I used to I used to work in a surf shop and then um, surf on their surf team. And then I, I lived upstairs. So it was like I, I'd live upstairs in the apartment, come down and work. And then surf like morning, noon, and night. Yeah. How are those scored? Is it is it a judging sort of thing, like with ice skating, or is it or is it some kind of point system? Uh, with with surfing? Yeah. Um, basically, you lay down. Let's picture lay, you're laying down on the long surfboard, and you're paddling, and then the wave catches the back of the board and pushes it upward, and then just basically you got to stand up. And no. We know how surfing works, but uh, they surf team in com- competition. How do they oh, score yeah. that stuff? Um, they do. You have bibs, different color bibs, and then they score you for every, like, uh, maneuver you do on a wave. Okay, yeah, because uh, I'm no stranger to the surf. Yeah, so are you a goofy foot or a regular foot? Uh, Well, whatever I could do. <laughs> um, my brother's... um. They're both uh, Navy. Well, one's Navy, the other's Marine, San Diego. Oh, oh wow. So, well, thanks for your service. Yeah. Well, my, my brothers were. Um, so I went out to San Diego to visit. And, wow. Yeah, got yeah. to the beach. And yeah. my, my nephew now is out in Hawaii. He was Navy. He owns his own gym, and now he's trying to get into some. Oh, cool. I love Hawaii. Oh, my God. I yeah. think there for it. Yeah. But I'm guessing he'd probably have more luck getting roles if he were in L.A. or I'm not sure how how stiff the competition is out there. It's pretty stiff. It's pretty stiff. And like I said, it's just 
sometimes being in the right place at the right time, you know? Okay. At this point in the proceedings, I would want to pause and take a break for a word from our sponsors. Unfortunately, I don't have any sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would go ahead and in the editing, I will plug in a commercial from the past that's related to Star Trek in some fashion. Okay, everybody, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, this is the Omega Directive. I am yet again your host, Steve Atwell, despite all the cards and letters of protest. Joining me again is my co-host, Kevin, a.k.a. Dr. Guy K.S., K-S. and our guest this week is actress, model, Baywatch babe, and Star Trek helm officer and utility infielder, Tracy Lee Coco. <laughs> So, Ken, what else, what else do we have to talk about today? Well, this is one of the things that I've, I, I, I like to ask a uh, lot of actors and actresses that I come across. Did you get a chance or have you created your own backstory for your character? Um, I've thought about it. Um, and the reason maybe why I hate the Klingon so much is they killed my parents, maybe. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, all I know is I've been through a lot as Lieutenant Day, and I keep coming back. And um, I, I, I would love to be on the new uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, when that comes out. I've been totally just trying to tweet him about it and, you know, bring back Lieutenant Day, hashtag bring back Lieutenant Day. Um, mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Um, or just come on as a guest spot or something. Um, I don't know how many of you guys watched the new Discovery. Do you like it? I like it. And for yeah. goodness sakes, you could be Jay's great grandmother. I know I could, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I could. I can also come back yeah. as aliens. Yeah. How do you guys? How do you guys like the um, Orville? I like that a lot. Uh, Kevin, have you seen the Orville? No, I have not. I've, I've um, not seen it as of yet. Oh, I love it. I think it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know the people to write to and uh, to get in touch with, and hopefully they'll respond to you better than they responded to me. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, if you guys put out, you know, put out a hashtag, you bring back Lieutenant Day, it doesn't hurt. All right. I will go ahead and give a plug for yet another um, podcast that I do not do, that is one of the better ones out there, which is Mission Log. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mission Log has a shop, their own store. If you go to Mission Log um, website, there's a shop, and in that shop you will find a T-shirt or tapestry or such featuring uh, artwork uh, of Lieutenant J. Oh, 
Yep, they, they have, have my J on his shirt. Yes, it's fabulous. I wear it when I do my conventions. I love it. Yeah, he called me and, and uh, he sent me a picture of it, and I was like, oh, my God, wow. So I made up, um, he sent me the artwork, and I made up um, eight by ten prints of it. So I have that on my table when I do conventions to sell those, and then um, he sells the shirt. So, And then I get a little, pro, you know, proceed from it, I think, so. Which is cool, and um, I found out another person wants to do some shirts, so we're in, the, in talks for that. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. And I'm just, I'm just basically kicking back until I gotta, you know, do another con in the, either next weekend or wait until next year because it's kind of winding down. Um, and then, you know, with all the fires going on around here, it's crazy. Yeah. Are they anywhere near you, or are you safe and sound? I'm safe and sound, yeah, but I have a lot of friends that live up where the fires are, and a lot of them lost their house. And yeah, former yeah, podcast guest um, Melinda Snodgrass says she had to be evacuated the other night because the fires were like oh wow really sore. Yes, yeah. Now so, yeah. a couple more things. Something that caught my attention: you're appearing in something called the USS Missouri. What's that about? Um, I believe we're in talk skill for that, but um, I believe I play a master gunner sergeant, <laughs> and um, it's a bunch of us uh, in space on the ship, and it's a bunch of cadets, and um, I think something happens in space, and we have to take charge. That's about all I know right now. Like I said, we're still in talks for that, and I think it's maybe going to start filming next year at some time, but um, like I-, I will let everybody know about that. Um, yeah, so that's in the works. So I'm kind okay. of about that. Okay, go ahead and plug Night Mistress. Oh, and Night, Night Mistress is coming out um, in the summer next year, and they're also coming out with a video game of the movie. I believe they're coming out with that first. And then they're in distribution. We're in the works for distribution in the U.K. over there, too, so I'll be doing promos for that. Um, and I play a... a pretty badass bodyguard for the underworld crime scene so um yeah and it's quite fun and i got a little part that pretty nice nice part out of it um yeah so i'll I'll, like i said i'll let everybody know i have my um uh tracy lee coco fan club uh on on facebook and i also have my tracy lee coco on facebook and then i'm also on twitter at real tracy coco and on Instagram, it's T-R-A-C-E-E with underscore and then C-O-C-C-O. Um, but, yeah, follow me. And um, I post pretty much every day. Um, yeah, and I keep people pretty, you know, updated on what's going on. Um, but, yeah, like I said, thank you guys for having me. And, um, God, if it wasn't for you all, I, I, I wouldn't be doing this at all. So Okay. Okay, I want to get serious for a moment, if I may. Uh-huh. Because I on your Facebook you posted what you, we met at TopCon the uh, Topeka Geek Expo. Uh-huh. Was changing the name to Northeast Kansas Geek Expo next year. No, oh. that's okay. But and I saw that after uh, your appearance there, you and the other two uh, guests this year, um, Amanda Beers and um, Noah Hathaway, made uh-huh. a pilgrimage over to. The uh, Hope House, which is oh. across the street from the Westboro Baptist Church. Yes, we did. And for those that don't know, the Westboro Baptist Church is not really so much a house of God, in my humble opinion, as it is hatred and vitriolic evil. Yeah. Yeah. And across the street is a house that was for sale in this lot and painted in many bright colors 
to be a bastion for um, um, everything Westboro uh, congregants hate and is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Shelter for LGBTQ community? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the next house next to it is for transgenders, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So why was that important for you to make that trip? And uh, what did you write on the side of the house? Um, I believe, you know what, I have a video of it. I, I think I wrote, it's all about love or and then love trumps hate, that kind of thing. Um, I had to see it because I just couldn't even believe it. I couldn't even believe it. And then Amanda was telling me she even went up to the door and stood there and stared at the at their camera. And I kind of wanted to go up to their door and knock on it just because I'm curious and I just want to know how how people could be so uh mm-hmm. You mean of the church? You mean of the church? Of the church, yeah. Um, and and how people could just be this hateful. I mean, it just boggles my mind. It makes my heart hurt. And um, I got talked out of it, obviously. But, um, yeah, I just had to really I, – I just couldn't believe it. And then what really I was, like, appalled was um, they had the American flag hanging upside down, and that just blew my freaking mind. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it made me cry. I was shaking. I was nervous as hell because I was afraid they were going to come out and start something. Um, but, yeah, I just had to because, you know, I, I'm all about love. And, um, you know, everybody can't get along. But, you know what, <laughs> in days like it is right now, we've we got to stick together, you know. We're stronger together than apart. That's as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, well, that's Star Trek, and that's it, and that's the intimate diversity infant combinations. Yep. It is, yep. And it's about more than just tolerance and acceptance. It's about support and, you know, ignoring and getting on with life because whether we're straight, gay, Muslim, Jewish, Christian, black, white, Hispanic, um, we're people, we're human beings, we're in this thing together, and we have to, you know, cling to each other and support each other and keep going. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, Kevin, did you have anything else? Um, the last question I could think of, uh, going back to, uh, Star Trek, actually, is you mentioned that the Borg are, are, was, you know, fun to play. Is, are they your favorite race or have you picked out your favorite race or you're just not sure? I haven't really picked out my favorite race. I do know that I always wanted to play a Cardassian and I always wanted mm-hmm. to, to be a, um, Klingon and, um, Hopefully one of these days I'll I'll get somebody to make me up as one maybe at you know one of the conventions who knows um, I'm mm-hmm. in talks right now with the Star Trek uh, Las Vegas one to see if somebody will will do that with me and then that way it'll give fans a little idea and all you know and have a real actress that used to be on the show be um, made up in one of these these uh, aliens I I there was one I did that was really cool looking and I don't know the name of it. Maybe you guys do. Um, and it was, I think in Voyager, um, I had a forked tongue and I had contacts in my eyes. I had a ponytail and then they, um, airbrushed my arms and my hands and my neck to look like kind of a spotted, like a, maybe like a, uh, Oh, a giraffe kind of thing. Zebra, uh, giraffe kind of leopard. <laughs> But um, I don't know the name of that alien, but that one was pretty bitchin' because I, I asked Michael when he was going to come up with a new alien. I said, well, can you make me a pretty one this time? <laughs> oh. uh, Memory Alpha has a lot of unnamed aliens for you. Yeah. So yeah. It, it might just be, 
you know, alien patron or alien visitor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I was also an alien in um, the Renegade um, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ugly, well, ugly alien, but it was an alien. <laughs> I know time is running short, and both of you have other things to get to. But okay. before we wrap up, I'll go ahead and uh, go to uh, Steve's tough but not too tough trip, Star Trek trivia. So the way this works, there'll be a series of five questions. If you get three of them correct, you win a chance to impress your friends and embarrass your children with your trivial knowledge. And if you get all five questions correct, there'll be a six. Final bonus question for Double or Nothing Stakes. Are you ready, Tracy Lee? Oh, my God. I hope I can do this. Okay. Okay, question one. Before becoming cast as uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher on Star Trek Next Generation, Gates McFadden was a well-known Hollywood choreographer who worked frequently with Jim Henson and the Muppets, including the choreography on the classic sci-fi uh, fantasy film Labyrinth. Who was the star of the film Labyrinth? David Bowie? That's correct. <laughs> Question number two. Bernie Casey uh, guest starred on Deep Space Nine in the two-part episode of the Maquis as Commander uh, Cal Hudson. Earlier in his career, he, guest, he co-starred in the film The Man Who Fell to Earth, which starred which... Well-known uh, pop culture icon, also known as the Starman. Uh, known as who? The Starman. Who was the star of Men Who Fell to Earth? Oh, my God. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. He also appeared in Labyrinth. Oh. Okay, it was David Bowie. <laughs> okay, question three. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Star Trek uh, um, Oscar award-winning makeup artist turned uh, graphic designer Doug Drexler started his career in the 1981 film The Hunger, which pop culture musical icon known as the Starman uh, co-starred in the film The Hunger? Oh, that was David Bowie. That was David Bowie. That's three. Okay, that that's wonderful. One of my favorite movies. I love that movie. With Susan Sarandon. Yeah, love that movie. The 1991 film Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, featured exotic Ethiopian model-turned-actress Iman as the alien shapeshifter um, Marcia. What pop culture musical icon known as a star man was Iman married to? David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> and finally, question six. Uh, Iggy Pop guest starred in the Deep Space Nine episode Magnificent Ferengi as the Vorta Yogren. What pop culture musical icon known as a star man collaborated with Iggy Pop on several recordings in the 70s and 80s, including the top 40 hit China Girl? David Bowie. That's it. That's all. Possible. <laughs> oh, That's question then. Question six for all the marbles. What pop culture musical icon uh, known as the Star Man, never actually appeared in Star Trek himself, but should have. David Bowie? Oh, no. Oh, oh. no, wait, wait. The judges that are in my ear, they'll give it to you. David Bowie's correct. Yay. Well, I didn't do that bad. I didn't do that bad. <laughs> okay. So I guess we're about done here with the silliness. I okay. want to. 
thanks again to my co-host, uh, Kevin, for joining us. Kevin, we'll chat later. Okay. And, uh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks again to Tracy Lee Coco. I also need to give thanks to Adam Mullen, who comp- composed the theme song for this program. And Adam helped me figure out how to put a podcast together. Oh, Adam is the co-host of a show along with Bill Allen called The Final Frontier, a podcast about homemade fan film production, Star Trek fan films and Star Trek um, audio production and such. Oh, my God. Thank you guys and for having me. Hey, hey, can I ask you a favor? Can please. You, you, can you uh, either send, send me this when it's all done or post it and tag me on it, or how does that work? Because I'd love to... We'll do it. Um, I will post it online. The okay. Omega Directive is available. It has, I have a Facebook page for the Omega Directive. The show itself is available at podcast.com and at iTunes. And okay. if you go to iTunes, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen, if you like what you hear, please do leave a positive review and go to the Facebook page and um, like it and leave any questions, comments, or, or complaints. And be aware that I am available on Twitter as under, at, 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 well underscore Steve. And again, thank you to Trace for uh, being our guest. Thank you guys very much. I had a great time. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, guys. I'll speak to you again, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. 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 Bye.